Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, June 3rd, and we are finally here. Talking is over. Uh, the buildup is over. Uh, the endless previews and analyzing how this series is going to go. It's finally we can stop with it after today because we're finally going to have puck drop and game one of the 2023 NHL Stanley Cup final tonight in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights and the Panthers will finally get it underway uh, Ian Cameron and Jimmy Murphy back with us uh, here uh, on this Saturday to get us uh, get you ready for game one here tonight. Jimmy, uh, what's up? How are things? Things are good, Ian. Just uh, really excited to get the Stanley Cup final going. I mean, and I see a lot of NHL fans are, you know, been frustrated that it's been such a long wait since Florida played, and I'm sure they are as well. So it, it's good to get this going again. Look, it's been a great playoff in my eyes. I know that this isn't the sexy Stanley Cup final that maybe the NHL or TV and a lot of fans wanted, but I I, just, I still love it. I, I think this is going to be a hell of a series. Uh, two great teams, two great coaches. Uh, you've got superstars on each team. Uh, you've got really, uh, look, and I, I never thought we'd be saying it about Aiden Hill, but really good goaltending going on for both teams right now. Um, so I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I'm looking forward to it. And um, look, there's been a lot going on around the NHL as well, too. So it's one of my favorite times of the year. You get the Stanley Cup final and then you start to feel all the trade stuff that goes on leading into the draft and free agency. Uh, so th this is a fun time of year. No doubt it is. Uh, if you're wondering where Alex is, he's a little under the weather. He's going to try to make it on the show. Uh, but has been feeling a little stomach issues this morning, and we hope he gets better soon. Hopefully, if he's not on today, he'll be back Monday. Of course, Monday is going to be a huge day, by the way, uh, on the Ice Guys show. We've got our daily show at 2 p.m. We're going to have uh, me, Alex, Kevin Beach will be with us, who's been our uh, contributor on our show throughout the season. But the big news is we're going to have Paul Romanuk joining us on the show. We're looking oh, forward wow. to that uh, on Monday. A longtime TSN and then later with Roger Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster. I mean, there's so much to get into with him who had a 20 plus year hockey broadcasting career, did what world junior championships did Memorial cups, all kinds Spengler cup over in Switzerland. He was fortunate to go over there, call that for many years. So it's going to be a really fun interview with Paul Romanuk Monday. We're looking forward to that. We've got our live bet cast as well for game two of the Stanley cup final on Monday night as well at 8 PM Eastern. So that's a huge Monday. Make sure you join us for that. And again, as always with the bet casts, uh, Monday night, our game two betcast. Just DM me on Twitter at Bobano or email Bobano350 at gmail.com, and we will send you a link for the betcast uh, to join us uh, for game two on Monday night between Florida and Vegas. Uh, Jimmy, before we even get into the Stanley Cup final, uh, we got to get into some news, and that's what I love about having Jimmy on the show. There's a lot of news related items in the NHL. This has been a busy week when you look at it. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins make it official. Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas being hired is not the surprising part. Him being given the title president of hockey operations. Now, that was a little bit of a surprise uh, to me. And he is, of course, now the president of hockey ops for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, the Leafs made it official, the worst kept secret. I think we all knew from the very beginning of their GM's quote-unquote search. To me, it really wasn't much of a search. They really were targeting and zoning in on Brad Tree living from the very beginning, uh, and they make him the uh, GM uh, of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So we had that. We had Andrew Brunette hired as head coach of the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. I guess the first official move for Barry Trotz now that he is the uh, general manager of the uh, Nashville Predators. And we're just hearing rumblings from TSN's Darren Drager this morning that Mike Babcock might be back in the NHL uh, and uh, may possibly, quite likely, in fact, about to be the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, Jimmy, where the hell do you begin? But there's a lot that's been going on this week. Yeah, I don't, thanks for that heads up. I just saw that um, about Babcock. Um, that's interesting. Let's just start there because I've been hearing, and, and Drager had reported this first, but I've been hearing the same things that Patrick Waugh was the front runner there. And, you know, talking to some people I know with the Quebec Rumpa, 
they have told me that they believe he won't coach again for Quebec, that his next stop is the NHL. So now if that spot where people thought he was going to land is gone and Mike Babcock is taken, if that's the case, congrats to Mike Babcock and coming back into the NHL. Um, I'd have to look at the New York Rangers and reuniting with his old teammate, Chris Drury there in, in Manhattan. Uh, that would make sense. But then again, Elliot Friedman's reporting that Peter Lavalette is there this weekend speaking with the team. I don't know what's happened with those meetings yet, but that's interesting now. So we'll have to really look at the Rangers. Is it, it, It's probably down to Lavalette and Patrick Waugh. Um, you know, as far as Babcock coming back in, I'm all for it, man. I mean, look, I, I didn't like all the things that went down there in Toronto and, and what happened there, but, you know, Kind of like I'll draw an analogy. He served his time, right? He served his time. Yeah, he He's been away for time. a couple of years. Yeah, he did, yeah. and you know, and I'm sure he took a lot of time to self reflect. He did some college coaching, right? Didn't he go into Vermont and do some college coaching? And Saskatchewan University. And, and Saskatchewan. Yep. So I mean, look, I, everybody deserves a second chance, and it, it's not like uh, Mike Babcock, like another certain coach, uh, former NHL coach, turned a blind eye on sexual abuse. Uh, you know, all he did was kind of call some players out and you know, maybe take go a little too old school in his coaching ways. But that was his biggest sin. I mean, other than that, I don't know what else you can point to that Mike Babcock was a jerk about. He's just a hard-nosed guy. And, I, you know, I think Patrick Waugh is going to be the same way. Um, but you look at Babcock and you look at Toronto right now, and, I mean, you know, like, could Toronto have used maybe a guy with a little stronger whip behind the bench? Maybe. I'd say yes. And then you look at the Boston Bruins. Could they have maybe used a guy with a stronger whip behind the bench? And that guy's in Vegas now getting ready to coach in his second Stanley Cup final. So it's interesting to me, Ian, right now where we see teams starting to go back to the old school coaches as opposed to the new wave and the ones that massage egos and, and serve more as a player's best friend. Look, I'm of the belief, and you you know, I got gray hair in my beard. You can call me an old man. I don't care. I, I think that it's still there still needs to be a chain of command in the in NHL coaching. You have your head coach. He shouldn't be the best friend of the players. He's the boss. And then you have your assistant coaches who are sort of like the managers in the office and can be the buffers. That's how I think it, it, a successful team plays. And I think the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers are proof of that. And I, I think the teams maybe are starting to go the other way right now uh, with the hires we're seeing. That's why I love Paul Maurice so much. He is the best of both worlds. He, he really is. when necessary, but he's also there on their side of the players yep. when necessary. He, he'll pump them up. But he's rare. It's yeah. hard to find both in the same person. It really is. Exactly. It's And Bruce has that in him, I believe, as well. I think he uh, does, too. Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I, I think that's why they're great, because they've struck that balance. We all need balance in our lives. We always say that. Coaches need balance, too. They can't just be ripping uh, paint off the walls 24-7 and just ripping these guys apart when things aren't going well. They have to also be able to say, you know what? That was a nice outlet pass you made there. That was a really good shift you had. Yeah. Well done. And then maybe give them a bump in the lineup for stuff like that. Not You can't always tear them down 24-7. You have to do it sometimes when it's warranted. They make a mistake, a critical one in particular. Yeah, you have to go that route. But you also have to build them up too, especially when they're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, I look at what was it? Um, game After game five. Uh, uh, with Cassidy on his team there. And like, I think, didn't they have like, they had like 24 turnovers or something in that loss. And he came right out and said it. I mean, he said, we cannot, you cannot win a Stanley cup making 24 turnovers. You just can't. And, and that has to stop. It's disgusting. We shouldn't be talking about this at this point in the season. This should, should have been something that was taken care of. And he said, part of that's on me, but that's on the players too. And I, right when I watched that, I was thinking back to that Florida Bruins series and all the turnovers the Bruins were starting to make in game five when Florida started their comeback. And it was like, why couldn't Jim Montgomery come out and say that? Why was he so afraid to say that about the players? And it's because I think this, there's become a stigma where, you know, coaches aren't allowed to criticize the players. They are, but they're also, you know, but they, as long as they do what you just said, and they also call them out. Well, not call them out, I guess. We would praise them for their their good things and their good deeds. 
uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, if you're always going out there and you're saying, you guys suck, my players suck, blah, 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 nonstop, and it's all negativity, well, then, yeah, that's not the way you want to be. But I'm sorry, you know, like some players, and I'm looking at you, some of the Boston Bruins, you need to grow some skin. Like, I mean, come on. Like, you guys are grown men. Take the criticism, apply it to your game, and improve. And I, I'm sorry, and, you know, players are going to – maybe I know you get some players that watch this show, and they're going to look at me and say, well, you're not the one in the ice. I'm not. But I can just tell you that when I played sports or even in my job now, if my boss criticizes me, I don't go crying and try to get him fired. I suck it up, and I move on. And that's that. And I think there needs to be a little thicker skin across the board in the NHL. I think it's I think it's honestly one of two things. It's either they're told not to be too harsh on the players, either that or the coach is afraid that today's player, today's athlete has the mental fortitude of a P and can't handle it. And it'll just yeah. shut right the fuck down and, and, and not be able to handle criticism, even if it's valid and just not respond the right way and just shut down even further and become even more of a, I guess, a recluse, if you will, yeah, uh, in the dressing room or w- with his teammates. That it's got to be one or the other, and uh, you know it's either the the upper the front office doesn't want them to be that way, or they just are worried that these players today they just don't have that mental toughness anymore to handle a, a good old fashioned tongue lashing or you know getting your ass kicked verbally because you're not doing things the right way. Yep, I'm with you, man. And look, yep. I know it was uh, it was back in the day where you know back, going back to 1980, man. But what if the USA didn't uh, didn't listen to Herb Brooks? I mean. <laughs> That guy was the biggest ball buster going, but he's yep. still looked upon as one of the greatest coaches, motivational coaches of all of sports. It's one of the greatest coaching moments in sports was what he did with that Olympic team. And we've seen it since with other teams. So I think you're right. You, you said it the best there. And by the way, nice word there, recluse. I like that, buddy. Yeah. Pulling, in, pulling some big vocabulary out there. Um, I try. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Doc Amrick of the ice guys. Sorry, so sorry I'm interested here. to see – how both why if he does indeed get an NHL job and now Babcock, if he indeed is the coach of Columbus, I'm interested to see how they combine the best of both worlds there uh, in their new gigs. Uh, but look, I, I look around uh, now. I mean, what is there? There's only one coaching spot left, right? Is it Calgary? I, I'm pretty sure. I was just going to say, if Patrick Waugh doesn't land in New York. Oh, Anaheim. Anaheim. Anaheim and Calgary. Yeah, yep. Anaheim and Cal- I forgot about Anaheim because they let yeah. the Deacons go. I Anaheim actually, I'm surprised I forgot that. I, I can yeah. give you a nice little tip here. Guys. I think you know what, Patrick Waugh, That's the place I think would be a good fit for him. Believe Anaheim, me, Anaheim. With he just came from coaching junior players, yep. Quebec Remparts. Yeah, a lot I don't of young know if he's a guy for there. veterans right now. No, I don't think so. But I think with Anaheim, with Zegras and Terry, that young yep. Tavish, and now Fantilli, most likely mm-hmm. who's going to be drafted number two by the Anaheim Ducks. I, if I if I'm Anaheim, I'm I'm definitely on pursuit for Patrick Waugh, who look to Dallas Aikens. Dallas Aikens is not one of those guys too that pushes a lot of buttons. You know, Patrick will from time to time, and sometimes yep. even the young kids need that. Yeah, that's a great point yeah. there. So I would consider him there a candidate, but a guy to keep a, in mind there um, for Anaheim, who I know has interviewed twice now, um, is Colorado Eagles coach Greg Cronin. Uh, he was a finalist for the Boston Bruins job last year before Montgomery got it. Uh, he is a finalist right now in Anaheim, so I, I can confirm that. But I like that walk call. That's a, that's a great call there. Um, and, and you look at – it would be funny, though. You look at who the GM is there. We're going back to the old Adams Division rivalry days, Pat Verbeek and the Hartford Whalers and Patrick Waugh and the Montreal Canadiens. So that yeah. would be a hell, a hell of a combo there. Uh, and also, made, I think Rabik spent a couple uh, years playing against Wild when he's with the Red Wings as well, yep. right? So yep. uh, some old rivalries going on there. But that's a great call by you, and something to keep an eye on going forward. And as for Calgary, I think a guy that I keep hearing, and Jeff Marrick was the first to report it, but a guy that I keep hearing, I think he'd be a good fit. He knows the area well. He played there uh, is Mark Savard uh, from the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, yeah. he, I don't think Gallant's he, happening. Apparently, Gallant just fell through with Calgary. That's what I know. I don't think yeah. he did. I think Gallant might take a break. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he he might. You know what? Look, Maurice did it right. Some of these guys just hit a mental block, and you, you got to take a break. And look, I'm not trying to defend everything Gallant's done, but I do feel like. He's a he's a better coach than he's been given credit for, but at the same time, he's also that coach who goes stale after two to three years. 
and and that's just the way it's been. And so maybe he's got to take a step back and figure out how to have more longevity in his next gig. And another guy like that is a guy that I think is now would have to be considered the front runner. We mentioned it earlier with the Rangers is Laviolette, but he's perfect for a veteran team like that. A team that's this close to getting over the hump. Laviolette's your guy. Yeah, and uh, I think I think Laviolette. We uh, we've heard that he's been it's, been it's close with him in the Rangers for days, if not a week or two now. Uh, it just hasn't been finalized yet because I think they're trying to just you know go through every uh, candidate and you know really yeah. trying to you know just think it through as much as possible. Uh, yeah, Travis Green is in the rumor mill. Rich, that's a good call. I mean, he's yeah. being looked at. You know, there's a lot of people that said maybe Vancouver parted with him a little too quickly. Let's not forget they got to the playoffs one year uh, with Travis Green. Uh, as their head coach. So uh, you're right, Patrick Waugh, if he doesn't go to New York, the, all of a sudden, if he leaves junior thinking he's got an NHL gig, he's running out of racetrack here and running out of destinations. Really, it's Calgary and Anaheim. Well, are, somebody, are in the room, yeah. somebody in the chat room suggesting Ottawa too. I think we are going to see that coaching position open up soon, uh, guys. I also think... I was going to say they have not made a move on DJ Smith yet. No, they have uh, not. No. But I think that they're... They're waiting to see what happens with the ownership. And then is yeah. the ownership going to make a move with Pierre Dorian? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you guys, Kyle Dubas was in their sights. He, there was some real no chatter going on between, I forget the name of the, um, the ownership group there that's interested in Ottawa and maybe a front run. I can't think of the name. Somebody was telling me about it. But I remember when Kyle Dubas, that's like within minutes of Kyle Dubas getting fired by the Leafs, I got a text from one of my most trusted sources and he said, Keep an eye on Ottawa and Dubas. He is yeah. where they want to go in terms of analytics and all that. So the only reason I would say, it, okay, so Kyle Dubas is gone, right? But if they they come it's in. probably because this ownership thing is dragging on. Too right, long. and if they come in, they're going to get a GM that's all about analytics, I think. That's the direction they're going to go in. So I don't see Wah being that fit for analytics in, in, in Ottawa. I, I, it'd be great. He's in that region. And man, how much would that spice up the senators Canadians rivalry? But I, I just don't see it there. I I'm with, I think Ian's on to something there. I'm going to keep an eye on Anaheim and walk. So it's look, I have not heard a thing about Patrick Waugh linked to Anaheim. This is just intuition. And what I think might be I a good fit for him and the team, quite honestly. And, and just like what you said, I don't think he's in that mold right now where he's ready to take on a team littered with veterans and 30-year-olds. I think mm -hmm. he's probably better off with a young group that he can mold. Look, he's done a great job. and He obviously can coach young kids, clearly. Uh, we've seen that in Quebec this year, getting them to the Memorial Cup. But they're going to be in the final tomorrow against the Seattle Thunderbirds. And that's a hell of a hockey game, by the way. I hope everyone tunes into that. Those teams, those two teams probably, for my money, were the two best teams in the CHL this year. With all due respect to, you know, the teams that were in their league playoffs, with all due respect to Peterborough and Kamloops, the other two teams in the Memorial Cup, I think Quebec and Seattle are the best two junior teams in the country this year. And so for them yeah. to meet in the Memorial Cup final, because they're littered with talent and draft picks that are going to go to the NHL and probably be pretty good players. So that's a hell of a final tomorrow. And it's obviously, we think, going to be Patrick Waugh's final game behind the bench for the uh, Quebec Remparts. But that's proof. He can, he can, he can coach young kids. He can, he can push them. He can motivate them. He can get the best out of them. And I think that makes him a good fit in Anaheim with what's going to be an extremely young team next year, but an extremely skilled team. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And, you know, with that Memorial Cup, Ian, we, I hope we're able to watch that in the States. Is NHL Network carrying it? That's what I've heard. I've heard that uh, okay. NHL Network uh, is going to have it in the – I think they've had most of the games for the uh, Memorial Cup on NHL yeah. uh, Network. So I would expect that tomorrow, which is uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, that game uh, tomorrow night, the uh, Memorial Cup final, which is good because it's on a night with no NHL uh, Stanley Cup games. So mm -hmm. uh, perfect for the uh, CHL to have all the eyes on them. Uh, for the uh, Memorial Cup final uh, tomorrow night. Uh, how about Dubas to Pittsburgh? We, I'm not, no one's surprised he's there, but were you surprised he got the president title? No, no. no? I, I think that might have been one of the holdups there uh, in Toronto. Um, he look, was looking it, for more power autonomy. He didn't like yes, Shani over sure for every decision. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was looking for more. Uh, he, want, he wanted a situation where the president was the president, but then I'm the president of hockey operations. And I agree with that. I I kind of want to see the Bruins do that. Like, no offense to Cam Neely and Brendan Shanahan, 
But they're the type of guys who I think are, are getting to call the shots with hockey ops just because of who they are, not because of their qualifications for the job. I think it's more because they're Hall of Fame players and, you know, they played the game and their popularity within the game. So and we think great players, great playoff performers, they're going to make hell of a present. Yeah, and, it and doesn't always end up that way, person, and, yeah. you know, and so I, I think it's a perfect position for Kyle Dubas. And I, I, I imagine he'll put a good guy underneath him. Um, look, I just think that uh, that whole thing with Pittsburgh right now is they need that ownership group needs to let him do his job. And I think they will. They wanted him all along. I don't think they were comfortable with what they inherited. Uh, there was pretty obvious. They fired him. Uh, but it wasn't a good relationship from the start. Um, they're going to go in a different direction. The only thing I'm really interested in now, though, is it didn't sound like he was going to, but will he make a bold move right out of the gate? Like, are, are one of the big three... You know, and I, I know it sounds taboo to say, but in one of the big three of Latang, Crosby, and Malkin, not going to be there next year. Does one of them? Does one of them get shipped now, out? He did say in his press conference earlier this week. I'm, if I were to bet on three guys, I'd bet on these guys. Crosby, right. Mal- is that See, just lip that, service? That to me That's is a mistake. Yeah. I move one of those guys out. Yeah. I really, I don't know how you do it. Obviously, with the cap hits and everything, and the salary cap not going up, but you know, at what point do you? Do you say, okay, we've, we've gone to the well too many times with this this mix right now. You can't just ship out a bunch of bottom six guys and, uh, you know, bottom pairing D guys. You, you need to make a statement. You need to do something like Bill Zito did or and Brad Treleven did last summer. Yeah, it didn't work out for Brad Treleven, but it, it took balls. It took big brass balls to do what he did, and that's why he got a job right away. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, Florida's won that trade. But Brad Treleven still had the balls to make a culture trade like that. And I know he had no choice. I know Matthew Kachek, you know, basically said, I'm not going to sign here, so you better trade me. I get that. But he did what he had to do. And I, I think I think that trade, I don't think we're ever going to be able to say that Calgary won it. But I do think in the long run, as we go forward, it will help the Calgary Flames. I do think that those guys will finally fit in. And I think that's what a team like Pittsburgh needs to do. I think the Bruins need to do something like that. You need to reach a point where you say, this culture isn't working. We need to send a message to the, to the young kids in the dressing room. It's not a country club. And I think it's what Tree Living is going to attempt to do in Toronto a little bit. I think one of those guys is yep. gone, the yep. big guys in Toronto. I, I, think, I, really I think it's Nylander, just because I think yeah. they're going to get a, a ton back. I don't, I don't think it would be Mitch, and I definitely don't think it would be Matthews. Uh, I think it would probably, be, just by default, I think it would probably be Nylander. So there's rumblings out there. I, I, this is just a rumor. No wonder if this is true or not but a one for one and it actually makes sense for both teams Toronto with Colorado I heard this yesterday William Nylander to Colorado for Bowen Byram hmm. which is to be nice. honest that's what they need they need more D help they need more yep. mobile D they need guys that He's are good young. great puck mover offensive and he's great defensively Byram yeah. doesn't get the credit defensively if, if he should. stayed healthy man I'm not gonna say he's in the you know top five Norris but he could be in the top ten Yep. If he stayed healthy, he would have really had a phenomenal season. That kid, he's a stud. You know, yep. and I think another team to keep an eye on with Toronto guys, uh, you know, is if they want defensemen, is the L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings have a surplus defenseman. I keep hearing Jersey's Dur- name out there right now. They've got guys coming up the, up the, you know, from the farm there. So they've got a lot of D. They need help up front. They need, they need some real serious help up front. So – I, you know, and their guys, some of their guys are getting older. Um, they're going to filter in some young D's. So somebody's going to be the odd man out in the blue line there. So that's a, te- a team to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to Toronto looking for defensemen. Yeah. And like I said uh, earlier with uh, Dubas' statement and his introductory press conference to say, and uh, if I were to bet on three guys, I'd bet on Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, and Chris Latang. Don't use that as gospel that he's not going to do anything. You know, that's uh, he, he said that now. By, uh, yeah. Pearl of Wisdom saying go yeah. for Hellebuck in, in, in on the trade market. He's out there, guys. He's yeah. really out there. Like, no, I, I can see Hellebuck definitely getting traded. I think Gibson gets moved in yeah. Anaheim, and obviously they get the Pittsburgh connection there. So that could maybe get him back to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's been a rumor for a long time. But I could Dubas definitely- didn't sound like he's overly anxious to get things moving with Tristan Jari, based on what I heard. On yeah, Tristan Jari's time is done. Yeah. He's done yeah. in Pittsburgh. 
He's, he's not coming back. So they're going to need a goalie. So a lot of stuff's going to go down in the next two months, guys. Get ready. Buckle up. Buckle up. Get your seatbelt on because you're right. June and July. Yeah. I mean, quote unquote off season. It's going to be an well, action packed off yeah, season. Whatever. There is no get ready for that. Season. And it means more work for Jimmy. <laughs> so I know he's looking forward to that. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Fun. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it, but that's great. We hit a lot of the key topics there. And I, 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 just one last thing, too, and you can mention something about this, too. I'm very happy for Andrew Burnett uh, as well with the Nashville Predators getting another chance. Uh, because to me, he stepped in in a tough spot. Joel Quenville had to resign. He takes over a team that was already having a really good season, and he just kept it going. And they had that incredible regular season that win the President's Trophy uh, last year, which ended up being the curse that it always seems to be, as they ended up losing in the uh, second round, and they kind of you know, made him the scapegoat for it. And yeah, the power play sucked. I get it. Florida power play, which was lighting it up in the regular season, stunk in the playoffs last year. And he mm-hmm. took the bullet for that, uh, Andrew Burnett. But yeah, I, I thought it was still a pretty quick trigger to get rid of him. Uh, and now, look, it worked out. You know, Paul Maurice and the rest is history now. They're in the Stanley Cup final. But I'm happy for Burnett because Burnett yeah. did a good enough job last year, more than a good enough job to get another crack as an NHL head coach. And now he's got it in Music City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy for him too. Uh, I think that's a good combo there. Uh, I didn't even know the little trivia there. That I don't know if you saw Andrew Bennett scored the first ever goal from the National Predators franchise. I had no idea. No, so I did it, not either. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, good stuff. He's circled back and he's come home, so to speak. So I like that hire. Um, I'm with you. I I don't think it was uh, it was it was a huge reflection on him. What happened in Florida? I think. He did do a great job there, but they just had a hunch, and their hunch was right, that Paul Maurice was the right fit. So that that sometimes happens. I don't think it – you know, we see other coaches get uh, get fired for poor performance. You can't say that Andrew Bennett had a poor performance as coach. I mean, he was a Jack Adams Award candidate, for crying out loud. So um, good for him. Nashville Predators, I think, are another interesting team to watch uh, as we head into the draft and free agency. Um, so, yeah, I like that hire as well. And a simple case of, you know, with John Hines being let go, it's Barry's team now. Barry wants his own guy. And, yeah. and that's as simple yeah, as that's that. That's all that is. Yep. Nothing I wonder if Hines ends up back in New Jersey as an assistant. Yeah, I think so. I, he'll be an assistant, if anything. He'll, yeah. He will. I mean, someone will I pick him up. I think he's a better assistant than head coach. Yeah. It's just it hasn't worked are. great. It hasn't worked great for him in New Jersey and Nashville, his two opportunities yeah. to be head coach. But I will say one thing, and you know I'm not a big John Hines fan. You know, I don't think he was that great. But I will say this, he, he got he, he got a hell of an effort from that team down the stretch. Jeez. And, and he deserves some credit for that uh, because they looked like they had sold all their pieces and they were just – Goddamn parlays that they screw up for me. I know Jesus. because they just kept winning even after trading away, you know, all kinds of guys. You have these evangelistas and uh, uh, guys like that uh, stepping up uh, for them. Uh, Thomas Novak, how many times did he ruin a parlay right? for you? That guy was playing great uh, down yeah. the stretch for Nashville. Uh, Cody Glass. I mean, so they, they and they do have some pieces there, uh, to build around, but uh, that's the one thing you got to give Heinz credit for. Uh, they never stopped uh, trying and get trying to get into the playoffs uh, down the stretch, even after the deadline when they got rid of so many of their uh, key pieces. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to turn our attention after the uh, ad break here to the Stanley Cup final game one tonight, Vegas and Florida. Shout out to everyone in the chat, hit the like button. Jimmy and I will be back to talk game one, Florida, Vegas, right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, it is time to get into it with game one of the NHL Stanley Cup final. And 
Very happy to see it on TNT uh, this year. Um, their first Stanley Cup final now with the new television contract and uh, star-studded. I mean, you've got uh, in the booth, you're going to have Kenny Albert, who this will be his second NHL Stanley Cup final. He did one for NBC, of course, uh, before uh, the rights moved to uh, ESPN and TNT. He'll be with Eddie Olchek. He'll be with Keith Jones, who will be calling his final games for TNT here in the Stanley Cup final before he moves on to the Flyers job as president of hockey ops there and uh, Darren Pang and uh, Jackie Redmond part of it as well. So, and I think Pang is actually going to take Jones's spot, quite honestly, that's my guess. Uh, Darren Pang is going to be on the number one crew with TNT next year. He'll take the spot vacated by Jonesy. Uh, and then in the boot and the studio, not, not the studio, they're on location actually. So they will be in the concourse level in Vegas. There at T-Mobile arena. You better Leading. damn well think those guys are in Vegas. They ain't passing that up. <laughs> no, of course. No, they will be in uh Vegas and Florida on location throughout the series. On Liam location and the boys. from uh, Larry Flint's yeah. uh, Hustler Strip Club. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'll make a couple dances trips there. nights if they win. Give give the great one a few great lap dances there too uh, in uh, <laughs> in uh, Larry Flint's Hustler Club. But yeah, Liam and Carter and uh, Bissonette and um, Gretzky and and Henrik Lundqvist. It's a great panel. Uh, that they have for the uh, Stanley Cup final. So looking forward to the TNT coverage, looking forward to the game, looking forward to the series. Uh, Vegas minus 130, home favorites here in game one, five and a half the total in this game. So I have talked myself into one, uh, a game script. And that's what you have to do when you're betting a game one, especially when you're talking about a layoff on both sides, especially the long layoff for Florida, which has now gone 10 days since their last game when they wrapped up against Carolina. You have to convince yourself of a, of a game script or a game flow or which side of the narrative you sit on. And for Florida, is it the rest is going to lead to them flying or being extremely, you know, all over the puck and winning puck battles right out of the gate because they've got live legs because they've been rested for 10 days. Or is it going to be that, you know, they've been off for 10 days. It's been too long of a time for a team that's had this brilliant magic carpet ride through the first three rounds that had played every other day for like, what, two, three weeks straight at least. Um, and you've got to try to all of a sudden regenerate that momentum that you had throughout the Boston series at the end, throughout all of the Toronto series, throughout the entire four-game sweep that you had over Carolina. Can you really ramp it up and be at your best when you, for the first time throughout this brilliant run that you've been red hot and you've been on this incredible win streak in the playoffs – you know, are you going to be able to just ramp it up and be at your best in this game, especially early? And that is what I am targeting here uh, with this game one tonight. I think Florida is going to be up against it, especially in the opening 20 minutes. I just think you can't be off that line. And Paul Maurice is, I don't want to say he's loading up the excuse machine already, but I've heard him multiple times here yesterday at media day. He did an interview with NHL Network, too, after the original uh, conference he did on Media Day. And he said, look, I'm not even going to kid you guys. This is a this is a big deal, like that, that there could be rust and there could be some mistakes, he said, from our game, especially early. But he, And he said, we did need the rest. We were playing a lot of hockey. A lot of guys were banged up. So we really, really valued the rest. He did say that. But he also said, you know, I'd be lying to you guys if I didn't say that and didn't admit that the, the rust could play a factor here in this game one, especially early uh, here in game one. That's Paul Maurice saying that, the coach of the team that could be impacted by this 10 days off. So the way I see it here in game one is I I, I picked Vegas in the series. I did, and I, I do like them here in game one, but this Florida team is resilient. And the one thing we've seen from them throughout the playoffs is they could have a bad first period. I think they will have a bit of a rough first period. But what they will do is they'll get stronger as the game goes on because that's always what they've done. That is always that's been the hallmark of their Stanley Cup playoff run is that second period's better than the first period for them. The third period's even better than the second period for them. That's been the kind of play that we have seen from the Florida Panthers here in these playoffs. So um, I look at this as a as a spot where I think in the first twenty minutes they are vulnerable just because when you are playing at that level and you're playing every other day and you're feeling it and you're confident and you're winning every single night, it seems because they're on this, what, as far as a win streak goes, going back to the Toronto series, uh, an incredible win streak that they had. Uh, they're, they're basically eight and one, nine and one run type deal 
uh, here entering game one of the Stanley Cup final. You know, you're off that long, and including for a goalie, it's a little bit older, you know, and he had been in a zone. It's going to be tough to recapture that, you know, initially. Look, Vegas has had rest, too. I mean, they've now been off for five or six days, too, after wrapping up uh, Monday night against Dallas. But at the same time, you know, it's nowhere near. I think it's the ideal amount of rest, as Rich H. says in the chat. I agree. It's the perfect amount of rest for Florida. You know, I do think there's an element that it's just a bit too much. So I have got three pregame bets here, side in total, here for game one. Uh, I'm on Vegas first period puck line. Uh, and, you know, I've been on a lot of these first period puck lines. If, if I like a team in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially when they're, you know, favored or they're laying a price, I've been more keen on the first period puck line because with that I can get plus 180. Like Vegas first period puck line is plus 180 at DraftKings uh, here tonight. So I like that. I think Vegas jumps on Florida early. Florida's going to be, to me, at their most vulnerable, their weakest in the first 20 minutes of this game, the first period hitting that ice in a Stanley cup playoff game, you know, and having to ramp it up after 10 days of cooling their heels, essentially. Now, look, they, they've been practicing. They've been still, you know, going on the ice and getting their, their reps in, but you know, you can't simulate Stanley cup playoff intensity in hockey in a practice environment. You just can't. So I think in the first 20 minutes, you're going to see that out of Florida maybe a little step behind, maybe a few more mistakes with the puck and just passes not sharp, passes not clicking, and uh, and you're not executing the simple plays nearly as well uh, early in the game because of how long it's been since you were last on the ice in a game situation. So I like Vegas early, minus a half, plus 180, first period puck line. I also like the first period over, one and a half, minus 108 at FanDuel. Uh, I think early in the game you're going to see you know some goals in this one, I think probably more for Vegas um, at David Shelton's right on the money here. Two to one Vegas is kind of the first period score I have in mind or two nothing Vegas even it could be. Uh, but I wouldn't count out Florida getting on the board either. Uh, but yeah, I like Vegas first period puck line. I like Vegas, Florida first period over. And I also like the full game over five and a half. I think there, there's an element of me that thinks that there might be more goals early. Not so much late, but again, five and a half in this first game. I think this series really does tighten up as it goes. Like you're going to start to see some low scoring, tight defensive hockey, game two, game three, game four. And especially when if we get into games five, six and seven, you know, I think that's really when you're going to see this series tighten up and you're going to see some two one games. You're going to see some three one, three two games. But I don't think that's going to be tonight because of just the elements in play, especially on the Florida side with how long they've been off. It just leads to sloppy play, I think, and maybe some more miscues than we've seen from them in the first three rounds. So three bets here before the puck even drops. Vegas first period puck line plus 180. Uh, Florida Vegas over one and a half minus 110 first period and also the full game over five and a half. You can get that at minus 115 right now. Best price out there with that. Uh, Jimmy, what are you thinking here? Game one, Florida Vegas. Yeah, great minds think alike. I, I, I'm with you. I feel like it's going to be a, a roaring start for the Golden Knights. I think they're going to fly right out of the gate and take it to what is unavoidable. It, it's going to be a rusty Florida Panthers team. There's just no doubt about it. And the other thing I think that Vegas has going for them in that respect is you go back to 2019 when the Boston Bruins uh, were off for, I believe it was 12 days leading into the Stanley Cup final after they swept the Carolina Hurricanes in the conference final. Bruce Cassidy was the coach then. He referenced that in one of his press conferences this week. He learned a lot from that. He knows what that team is going to. He knows how to take advantage of what the rust is that the Florida Panthers will have. So I think they come out and they take advantage of that in the first period. I'm with you. Give me the puck line. I like that over in the first period as well for both teams. And uh, I'm going to go. I think Florida comes back. They tie the game, they force an overtime, but they lose in overtime. So I'm going to take a draw, and then I'm going to take the money line, Vegas. So four bets there. Vegas first period puck line, over first period, the draw, and the Vegas Golden Knights on the money line. You know, and the draw, I can't talk anyone out of a draw at any point in this series. These are overtime uh, these are two teams very familiar with playing overtimes. They love playing here overtime. in the Stanley. Yeah, exactly. We saw, look, we saw each of the first four conference finals games go to overtime in the last round. Game one and game two of both conference finals in the last round went to overtime. And then, of yep. course, we got uh, 
more of that too in the uh, Florida Carolina series, especially. Uh, but yeah, uh, the draw and uh, the draw is worth a look. Um, I don't know if I mentioned the overtime prop uh, on the uh, show, but yeah, over one and a half overtime games in the series is available at a plus price. That's not a bad option because I do think we're going to see a potential for at least two games that go beyond regulation here in the series. And just to recap too, uh, as far as the uh, props go for the series, I'm all about Jonathan Marshes. So for multiple, and even Riley Smith, because he's in the same boat as, as Marshes. So these are guys that got passed up by Florida. They got left unprotected in the expansion draft years ago by the Panthers. And now they get to try to beat them to win a Stanley cup. You don't think that's going to really uh, inspire Smith and Marshes. So, and the great thing about Marshes. So props in this series and game by game is he's in amazing form right now, 13 points in the last eight playoff games for Jonathan Marsh. So what he's done is just remarkable. He's scoring. He's getting on the score sheet. He's setting up his teammates. He has been uh, a terror for the opposition going back to, I believe the last two games against Edmonton, you know, in the second round is when he really started to catch fire and he's kept it. I mean, 13 points in the last eight playoff games. For Jonathan Marshes, so which is why I think I saw at FanDuel just the other day he was twelve to one plus twelve hundred to be the top point scorer in the series. Jonathan Marshes, I had to bet it. I had to jump on that. I could not say no to that. Twelve to one odds on a guy with thirteen points in his last eight playoff games and playing against a team that let him let him go or at least let him get picked off by Vegas. Uh, in the expansion yeah. draft, gave up on him. They said, "Ah, Jonathan Marshes so is the guy we'll leave unprotected." Yeah, that will definitely be something that resonates in the back of his mind, a little bit at least, uh, here in the uh, Stanley Cup final. So, yeah, Marsha So props uh, a plenty for me in this series. Top point score, I've got him to score at least three goals in the series, which was around plus money. Uh, his point prop here in game one tonight, they finally bumped it up to minus 150. I think it's still cheap enough to bet it, though. Uh, even at minus 150. I mean, what are you going to say? 13 points in the last eight games? I still think minus 150 at BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel. It's an extremely cheap price. And I like Riley Smith to get a point. And maybe even, I think a goal prop for both of those guys, you can sprinkle on it. But I like the point prop even more. Smith minus 110 to get a point at Pinnacle. And Marsha So at minus 150. Uh, you could even throw Stevenson in there. Here's the sleeper point prop tonight for Vegas. Nicholas Waugh. Okay, this guy's on the fourth line playing with um, Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar on that fourth line for Vegas. This guy, believe it or not, go and look at his recent game logs. He has eight points in the last 10 playoff games for the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's in a fourth-line spot. And he once again, and I was starting to capitalize on this late in the Dallas series in the Western Conference Finals. You're getting plus price mm. at a point from Nicholas Waugh. Uh, here in this game one tonight, just like you did in the last round against Dallas. Every time you wanted to bet a point prop on Nick Waugh, you were getting a plus price. Same thing tonight, plus 120 for him to get a point in this game tonight. Eight in the last 10 for Nicholas Waugh. So a great bet, in my opinion, as far as that goes. For Florida, there's also some players that are in good form. Like These are the guys that I'm looking at, at, at the players I'm looking at backing here, the players that are in some good uh, form right now. Uh, Barkov. Five points in the last four games for the uh, Panthers after, you know, being pretty, you know, he, he wasn't, wasn't really scoring fine in the back of the net the first two rounds, but he was doing all the other things defensively, all that stuff. Yeah, Wah, seven assists the last 10 games. Rich H is saying plus 200 for him to get an assist if you want to sweeten the price even more and go on the assist prop uh, for Nicholas Wah. Yeah, plus 200. I, I wouldn't talk you out of that. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, uh, Barkov's been in a good form for Florida. Uh, there's someone else, too. I'm trying to see here who it's been. Um, yeah. Oh, Ivan Barbashev for Flo for Vegas. Here's another one. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, who's playing with Eichel and Marcheseau right now on Vegas's top line. Barbashev has eight points in the last seven playoff games for the Vegas Golden Knights. Eight points in the last seven playoff games. You, you know what his point prop tonight is? Plus 105. Wow. Plus 105. Eight points in the last seven games for Ivan Barbashev. Now, a lot of his points are assist props, you know, because he's setting up his teammates. Not 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 as many goal props, but he scored a few times. But the bottom line is he's plus 105 to get a point. Like, to mm -hmm. me, on the Vegas side in particular, especially with them being a, a game I think they've got a great chance to win 
and potentially jump on Florida here yeah. tonight. There's some great value with some of these guys. Watt plus 120 to get a point. Barbashev plus 105 to get a point. Even now at minus 150, I still think that's a hell of a great price for Marcia So with what he's doing right now uh, to get a point. There's some really good value-laden point props in the player prop market, especially tonight for the Golden Knights. Yeah, look, I, I those are all great calls there. And you look at, so I think the Barkoff one is interesting, Ian, and good catch by you that he's quietly come alive. I mean, it wasn't like he was playing bad for most of the playoffs. He was doing what, you know, a Selkie Trophy candidate does. He was playing great defensive hockey. He was chipping in here and there offensively. But now all of a sudden he's become more about offense and, and he's it, it's great timing, obviously, for the Panthers because I think they had a lot of unsung heroes that were stepping up. But th- some of those guys have faded off a bit. And so I think Barkov now is putting a team on his shoulders the best he can. Uh, and obviously Kachuk's doing the same thing. But that's a huge impact when they can have Barkov going like they do right now. That's big. And look, I look at this right now, Ian. I was just realizing as you were talking – they haven't lost a game once since the first round, huh? Like, that's unreal. Yeah. And they're five and zero in overtime. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I want to retract that bet I just made on them not coming through in overtime if it goes to a T. But it, it is. It's unreal with this team what they're doing right now. Uh, I look at some of the props too. Like a guy, I think you obviously Eichel's a guy you have to look at right now. I think he's a con Smythe favorite there. And I think another guy to keep in mind for the Panthers is Sam Reinhardt. Uh, he, he seems to come up with some big goals. Sometimes if the team's flat, he'll get them going. So that's a guy I would look at for a point prop as well. Sam, uh, I think Sam Bennett, too, is going to have an offensive series for Florida because he's going to play the style that works. Like, if you're going to play against Vegas, you better plan on being physical because that's what they are. Vegas is a big team, physical team, and Florida's out. They've had the physical advantage over some of their recent playoff opponents, particularly Toronto and Carolina, but that won't happen against Vegas. Vegas is actually a few, the average height, the average weight for the team. Vegas mm-hmm. has the advantage in both categories over Florida in this series in terms of average height and average weight. So this is now that that's why to me, this is going to be a different type of opponent for Florida for as amazing as they've been. And hell they're, they're playing good enough. They could conquer it too. Uh, because they've just been that good. But this is definitely a more physical, bigger hockey team than what they've seen in the last couple rounds, uh, Florida, when they're going up against the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's going to be interesting to see how they react to it. So I think you need big on big. You need someone that's going to play big. You need someone that's going to throw their weight around. It's going to go to the, get take a beating to score a goal. And you know who that is for Florida? That's Sam Bennett. That is absolutely Sam Bennett. So point props for him, minus 130. Goal prop plus 215. Uh, That would be a call I'd be interested in. I mean, you can never sleep on Verhage either. I mean, this is a guy that's got incredible offensive instincts. Was pretty quiet, actually, in the uh, Carolina series. Did a lot of damage in the Toronto series, uh, obviously. I think he just likes playing uh, the team where he's from. He's a Toronto kid. But uh, Verhage, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he chips in. But, you know, the plus 170 to get a goal. I just think there's better value on Bennett because I think he's going to play that style that's going to get him in a position to score goals in this series against a team. You got to play that way against Vegas. You got to be big physically. He is. Yeah, he is, man. And look, he's a guy I think that has uh, become that aggravating pain in the ass guy to play against in the playoffs. A little bit of Claude Lemieux in him. Uh, Every team wants that right now. Right. And you need that in the playoffs. You need a prick on your team. And he has become the ultimate prick for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, exactly. And he, if he has someone lined up in the crosshairs, uh, they're going to get a thumping when uh, Sam Bennett's around. Uh, there is no question. Uh, he will definitely not pass up an opportunity to lay out some physical punishment, you know, on the opposing uh, player. Keep your head up. Yeah. Keep your head up when he's on the ice. You'd better. Uh, there is no doubt. You'd better do that for sure. You know, if you're going to go shots on goal, Bill, like shots on goal, I'm more keen on doing these these parlays same game parlays and just doing a bunch of players in a, in a shots on goal parlay, try to get a big, you know, ticket hit, you know, I'd go Barkov. I'd go, you know, Montour Bennett, you know, for guys like that for Florida, as far as shots on goal are concerned. And then for Vegas, I, you got to put Marcia. So in there, 
Uh, Carlson's been shooting the puck. Eichel's sh- shooting the puck a lot. And don't be scared to put in a couple of these defensemen for Vegas, who I've noticed have been really shooting the puck more, especially late in the Dallas series, Petrangelo and Theodore. Those two players in particular, Petrangelo and Theodore, have been firing the puck quite a bit more uh, here mm-hmm. uh, in the last few games, and Rich H is onto it. There you go. Uh, perfect. Uh, you're just basically – um, you're right on thinking what I'm thinking that there is, there is value on both Theodore and Petrangelo over shots on goal tonight. And in this series, no question with the, the because getting pucks through, I find more and more, especially now that we're this deep, we're into the final, the coaches even stress it more pucks from the point, get it through, get the puck on the net, get the traffic to the net. And let's see how we can score that way. Uh, no question about that. And so that's why I think, look at Petrangelo shots. Look at Theodore shots. Look at Montour shots on goal on the uh, uh, Florida side, or even Ekblad for that matter. You know, Ekblad's kind of cooled off with his shots on goal volume, but this is one series where he could pick it up again just because of the nature. It's going to be hard to get inside ice. Yeah, well, one thing I'd, I'd caution, though, Ian, just based on the size and the wall that the Las Vegas defense is, uh, is the shots on goal from defensemen might not be as high. They might have shots, they're going to throw the puck in there as best they can, but I don't know if they reach the goal, you know, because this team is great at blocking shots. They're great at clogging up the middle. Yep. So, you know, maybe they get it in there and then a guy down low is able to get that shot on goal. I don't know how much those defensemen are going to be able to get the shots on goal. They'll have shot attempts, but shots on goal could be very difficult against this Vegas defense. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt there. That, that, that's definitely a possibility. Uh and that's always the that's always the fear you you have when you're betting over shots on goal props is that yeah you're going to have the shot attempts but the puck just doesn't end up getting on net because it's wide or it's blocked and it doesn't end up on goal uh, when it's all said and done so that's always the fear uh, no question um, I think the volume and the attempts will be there you just hope they get through uh, there's no question uh, on the uh, and on the Vegas side. I'm, I'm probably more keen on the Vegas defenseman props just because we've seen evidence of both yeah. Theodore and Petrangelo getting these shots through, getting them on net. Uh, and they certainly did a good job with that uh, at the end of that Western Conference final series for sure against the uh, Dallas Stars. But I'm fascinated by this matchup. If you look, look overall at the series, if you haven't series. gotten your overall uh, series thoughts, Jimmy, what do you think overall for the series? As far as I see it, I think Vegas, look, I like Florida's four lines. But I still like Vegas's four lines just slightly more in terms of depth. I think Florida's got a few more game breakers, you know, in the top six with Kachuk and Barkov and obviously Verhage when he's on his game. But I think the four line depth for Vegas is scary. I mean, what's the line that got them going in the clinching game against Dallas? It was Carrier. It was Wah. It was Kolasar. It was the fourth line. It got them going. That's how deep they are up front. They're certainly, I think, a little deeper on the blue line. Although, as I've said, all playoffs, Mahura and Gudis and an older Mark Stahl have played way above their heads, way better than I'd ever thought they would, to the point where th- that trio in particular, I said, with that trio, Stahl, Mahura, and Gudis, the weaker links on that Florida blue line, I said, they can't match up to Carolina's blue line. They can't match up to Toronto's blue line. They can't match up to Boston's blue line. Sure enough, they did, just because they're playing their best hockey collectively in a very long time. So, But on paper, you'd have to side a little bit with Vegas's blue line because of the one through six, which is so good, multiple Stanley cup winners, but you do have to give Bob the edge in net over Aiden Hill, assuming we get the Bob of the first three rounds. It's a great series. There's so many storylines and matchups worth watching, but at the end of the day, Jimmy, who do you, we know you like Vegas a little bit here in game one as well, but who do you like in the series? I'm going to take them in the series as well, but I think this thing's going seven. Uh, I like Vegas Golden Knights to hoist the Stanley cup after game seven in T-Mobile Arena in a couple weeks. And for the Conn Smythe, uh, look, it's going to be – if Florida wins it, it's guaranteed to be Sergei Bobrovsky. However, even if Vegas wins it and he continues to play the way he has, I think there is a solid chance that for the first time since J.S. Jaguar in 2003, we see a losing player get the Conn Smythe trophy. I really do because I think I – lo- I know a lot of people look at Jack Eichel right now uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'd actually – if he if if Aiden Hill has a phenomenal series, let's say the, the Knights win in four, four or five games and Aiden Hill is lights out, 
He could sneak in there. I mean, he might be just worth throw a little five bucks on him. I think he's like plus twelve hundred or something or to win right now. You never know. Who knows? I mean, he's played that good. Like, let's not underestimate what he's done between the pipes for the Vegas Golden Knights. I know that he people can say he's a byproduct of the defense in front of him. I agree to an extent, but he's a good sleeper candidate there. But look, I really got a feeling we could see that scenario where a losing player gets it. But if it's not Sergey Bobrovsky, I'm going to look at Jack Eichel to get the consmite. So Vegas Golden Knights in seven, and then either Eichel or Bobrovsky for the consmite. Yeah, and uh, I think well for, for Florida, it's a slam dunk. Who's going to be Conn Smythe Trophy winner mm-hmm. if they win the cup? It's going to be Bobrovsky or, K- or Kachuk. I mean, it's definitely going to be one yeah. of those two guys. And Kachuk though has to go down after this playoff. If he, had, you know, when you look back and we we start to go over Stanley Cup playoffs in the past, and you start to really identify the most clutch players ever in the playoffs, you know, he's now entered that. I, I think he's above Justin Williams, to be honest. Uh, he's now entered that higher echelon echelon of, uh, you know, the clutch players in Stanley Cup playoff histories. What he's done is just insanity. It's just like, he's just kind of like, well, you know, I'll draw a parallel to their, the basketball team that's in the NBA final in South Florida. He's their Jimmy Butler, man. And the guy's absolute clutch. No doubt he is. And he has proven that here uh, in the playoffs and uh, no doubt clutch goals, big timely goals. I mean, he has been uh, exceptional with that. A good call, Daniel, in the chat. I mentioned Sam Bennett is probably one of the best point prop value bets for Florida tonight. Duclair is up there, too, because Duclair has shown you better and better. He's gotten better as the playoffs have gone on and he's plus 116 to get a point tonight. You know, that's a pretty good price. And for a guy that's up there on the top line, or he was at the end of the last series as well for the uh, Panthers. So, yeah, Anthony Duclair, uh, that's a good value there, Duke, Daniel. A point St. Clair, Quebec. Anthony no, Duclair. Exactly. I, good I to see him healthy again. He knows family well. Yeah, and he's been obviously battling injuries uh, this year, yep. too. And it's good to see him healthy, and I think he's had a pretty good playoffs. I think he's gotten better, too, uh, as the uh, playoffs have gone on here for the uh, – Florida Panthers, but definitely looking forward to this series. As far as the con Smythe for Vegas, you mentioned Hill's got a chance maybe for even if he has a huge series. Eichel certainly is alive. I, I'm going to go back to the Marsha so train again, though. Uh, plus 650, you know, uh, there's a there's Eichel and Kachuk and Bobrovsky ahead of him. But Marsha so if he continues to pile up the points like he's done in the last eight games where he's had 13 points and he's playing against a team that left him unprotected in the expansion draft, fueling him even more. And if he carries over that form and has another huge offensively productive series here, he's live. And Vegas wins the cup, obviously. He wins. He's live to be the con smite too, uh, Jonathan Marsh. So at that price, plus 650, put a couple bucks on it. Why not? Uh, I think that's not a bad option either. Great stuff. Uh, that is a, as thorough a game one breakdown and preview as an analysis as we it can counts. give you sides, totals, game one props, uh, game one uh, series props. Uh, we went through it all, no question. Oh, I want to mention, I'll mention it on the uh, way back when we get back from commercial, but Kevin Beach uh, did pass along to me his series props, and I'll mention those after our Manscaped uh, commercial break, uh, but uh, I'll mention those. He'll be on with us on Monday uh, on the show, and we're joined, of course, by Paul Romanuk, which I'm Definitely looking forward to. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. Reminder, check out patreon.com slash ice guys. Just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings. The Ice Guys show betting card. Tons of Patreon exclusive content is up there the last few days and weeks, including yesterday. We did another uh, pre-recorded bit with uh, Brandon DeFazio, uh, pro hockey player, Leaf fan. Uh, he wanted to vent about the uh, Kyle Dubas situation and the uh, Brad Tree living higher. So we did. On yesterday's show, he also talked a little Stanley Cup final as well. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was about an hour. So uh, it was a great uh, conversation. So make sure uh, you check that out at uh, Patreon for the uh, members. Exclusive uh, content right there with uh, Foz yesterday. It was uh, good stuff indeed. All right. We'll be back to wrap things up with best bets coming right up right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. 
If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the weed whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the weed whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave, and you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner with the ball deodorant keep you smelling good looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you for all you guys out there and it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, uh, we are back. And like I said, Kevin Beach, here are his series props. Uh, all on DraftKings uh, is where you can find these uh, props that Kevin uh, bet for, for the series. Uh, recording six-plus shots on goal in any game in this series. So that's all he needs is one game in this series to have at least six shots on goal, and this bet will cash. Brandon Montour, plus 100. So uh, Kevin Beach likes that. Uh, Kevin, uh, Brandon Montour to have at least six shots on goal in one game uh, in this series. The most saves in the series, Bobrovsky or Hill. Bobrovsky, minus 125. Uh, for Kevin Beach in this series. Con Smythe, Bobrovsky, plus 200 for Kevin. Uh, shot on goal, I guess, matchup props. Uh, who will have more shots on goal? William Carlson, Wild Bill, minus 120 over Anthony Duclair. Uh, most goals in the series, uh, Alex Petrangelo, minus 110 over Aaron Ekblad. So there you go, a little battle of uh, defensemen there. And also liking Matthew Kachuk, minus 130. More goals in the series over Jack Eichel, which I could see happening because Jack gets a lot of assists for his points. Not always are they goals. Uh, he's more than willing to be a passer and a guy willing to set up his teammates. Uh, and speaking of Jack Eichel, Jimmy, Bruce Cassidy had a great quote yesterday, media day, talking about how they talked with him in the offseason. They had a just big discussion, how, how to be a proper number one center in the NHL and be at your best and do all the things you need to do to be a, a legit elite number one center. And Jack was totally receptive from day one uh, and worked at it and uh, including the defensive side of the game, which apparently he, and from what we've seen too, in the playoffs, it's true. He's worked on it big time. It's been a, a very uh, incredible to watch how good he is now away from the puck as well. He's put in the time to do what's required to be a great, effective number one center Cassidy, Talked with him about it last off season, and man, he's putting it into practice. Yeah, you know, one thing I, it's it's funny. Um, I remember when he was when Cassidy was with the Bruins. Um, I remember coming out and they were playing uh, the Sabers, and I, you know, I never I never wrote. I don't know why I didn't write on this, but it just came into my head. I remember seeing him and Eichel connect outside the dressing room after a game and they were just over to the side against the wall talking. And then, you know, there were these rumors the Bruins were trying to get Eichel bad. So it feels like there was some history there where, you know, whether it was in Boston or now in Vegas, he really wanted Eichel. He wanted to coach Eichel. And I remember him telling me when they came here in November uh, to play the Bruins, I remember Cassidy saying, I had him call Patrice Bergeron. And Bergeron spoke to him about that, just about that, what you just spoke about, just becoming a better defensive player, realizing that it's the little things that get you to the Stanley Cup. It's not all the flash. It's not all the points. It's just being a complete player. And, and that's how you succeed in the NHL. And he's he's heeded that advice and really applied it on the ice. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and look, I'm a Sabres fan. I had a rocky relationship with um uh, Jack Eichel. Uh, I'm, at the end of the day, I've let bygones be bygones, and I'm happy for the it. trade worked no, out great for both teams. Yeah, and Buffalo's on the on on the on the rise. I think. Yeah, there's no you know, question. Aiden Krebs has yeah. been pretty damn good. 
Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Now, a couple of those trades ended up working out well. How about Tage Thompson getting him from St. Louis years ago? Not bad. Robbery, that was robbery. <laughs> well, not really, I guess. It was O'Reilly won a cup there, so I get it. Yeah. That's, I was it was Robert. worth it for them. Exactly. It Again, was worth it. It worked out well for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Which is There's what been you want to hockey see. trades with Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, hopefully, we've got some good picks tonight. For game one of the Stanley Cup Finals here for best bets, Jimmy, what do you like for best bet tonight? My best bet, I'm going to go with the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights puck line in the first period. All right, and that's a great price. I agree with that. Uh, Vegas minus a half, plus 180, uh, first period puck line for uh, my best bet, or for Jimmy's best bet, I should say. My best bet here for uh, tonight I'm, I'm going to go with the full game over. Uh, I like both the first period over and the full game over, but I'll go with the full game over. Uh, five and a half, uh, minus 110 to minus 115 is the price. This is the game I think that's going to end up being a little bit sloppy, a little bit more of an up and down affair, just because I think with both teams off the layoff, and especially with Florida off the extreme layoff, 10 days, that's when you get more mistakes. I think that's when you get a little bit more issues with puck management. And obviously, if you turn that puck over in your own end or in the neutral zone, you know how good NHL teams are good at turning that into danger chances, high-quality chances, and oftentimes putting it in the back of the net. So I think you're going to see a little more of that. It'll tighten up, and the defense will get better, I think, as the series goes on. And certainly, it'll become more of a focus as we get later in the series when we get down to the games where you're one win away, maybe, from winning the Cup. But I think tonight in particular, it's set up to be a little bit more of a loose uh, type of game uh, here in Game 1 between the Panthers and Golden Knights. So let's go with over 5.5 here, uh, minus 110, minus 115 in that range. For Game 1, best bet. Florida, Vegas in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Uh, great stuff. It was great to have Jimmy back. Uh, we'll get Jimmy on at least a couple more times here during the uh, Stanley Cup uh, Final. And a reminder, uh, hit the like button on the way out and that the Ice Guys is live each game day throughout the NHL Stanley Cup Final. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. And a reminder, the BetCast on Monday night for Game 2, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, DM me on Twitter at Bobano or email Bobano350 at gmail.com to join us on the BetCast on Monday night, and we will send you the link for it before it begins. Great show. Thanks to Jimmy Murphy for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy game one of the Stanley Cup final, and we'll be back on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 